my lord, if I may. Jasper's voice was slightly high-pitched and filled with suffering so long tolerated that it was no longer even felt. In other words, he sounded completely normal. The monarch looked into the mirror as he fiddled with his crown. The cursed thing never seemed to fit correctly on his head. His eyes met Jasper's in the mirror, and he nodded. Please, and if you can do anything that makes this ermine stool feel less as if it's made of armor, I'd be grateful for that too. Alas, said Jasper as he stepped beside the young king he attended since the monarch's birth. While it is indeed, in actuality, merely the weight of two stuffed mink-like creatures, I can sympathize with the symbolic weight it places on your majesty's shoulders. It's the crown, not the wedding outfit, that has the symbolic weight. The king shot back good-naturedly. I can't wait for the ceremony. Then may I say that your majesty is among the very, very fortunate few, noted Jasper. The king chuckled. It's nice to have you back, Jasper. Jasper, once the king's butler, had spent the last few years serving in a different capacity. He was now the steward of a magical and quite secret sanctuary. Established by the late king, the sanctuary was the present king's birthright, as he was both the son of a hero of Albion and a hero himself. When the then prince sickened by his older brother Logan's cruelty to his own people had chosen to lead a rebellion to take the crown, the loyal, if acerbic Jasper, had fled with the future king and Sir Walter Beck, Together, the three had found the sanctuary, which had served as a sort of headquarters for the rebellion. Once Logan had been overthrown, Jasper had remained there, continuing to probe the mysteries of the place. But for this occasion, a royal wedding, he had been recalled to his old duties. And while he attempted to appear much put upon, the monarch knew Jasper well enough to realize that the old butler was secretly quite pleased. So, for that matter, was the king himself, and he dared believe his entire kingdom. Nine years had passed since the monarch had stood against both his brother and the darkness that had threatened to wipe out all of Albion. The king had not been quoting a cliché when he spoke of the symbolic weight of the crown. His days gathering followers and fighting Hobbes, Balverines, and the occasional gap-toothed bandit seemed like a stroll in the garden compared to the very grey duties of ruling a kingdom. He had made choices he was proud of, and some he was not, and not one of them had been clear or simple. More lives had been lost than he would have wanted, but in the end his people were now safe, happy, and well on their way to regaining prosperity without having to make deals with the devil. Speaking of devils, no whispers of Riva returning? He asked Jasper, who seemed to know everything about everyone. It'd be just like him to try to spoil today. I can honestly say that I have not heard a breath of Mr. Riva's whereabouts, and I am buoyant with delight at that fact. Ben Finn's just gotten back from wandering about, and Page's network hasn't heard anything either, the king said. We may just have gotten lucky. I would torch wood when you say that, Your Majesty, repeatedly. The king grinned. He glanced down at the other old friend, who sat patiently at his feet, as he had done for over a decade. His border collie, Rex, had been a faithful ally on the long road to rule. Now that he was growing old, he slept more than he played, but he was still alert and healthy. 
Rex's eyes were fixed on his master, and he barked happily as he saw the king smile. Good dog, said the king. The best dog ever. Rex pranced a little at the praise, then sat down attentively. The king surveyed his reflection in the mirror and liked what he saw. Like Rex, he too was older, and time had begun to make its presence noticed in the crinkles around his brown eyes and the occasional thread of silver in his hair. His face was still strong, and if the blushing and giggling ladies of the court were to be believed, handsome. But he didn't care what they thought. There was only one woman whose opinion mattered, and today she would become his queen and his life's companion. "'You do look happy, Your Majesty,' said Jasper, and there was an unusual hint of warmth and pride in his voice. The monarch turned from the mirror. "'I am, Jasper. My kingdom is content in growing. We are at peace. Trade with Aurora is good.' and I am about to be wed to the most wonderful girl in the world, and, he added, whispering conspiratorially, I'll be happier still tonight. One should hope so, your majesty. Chuckling slightly, the monarch clapped his old friend on the shoulder. Let's go. Can't keep the love of my life waiting. Rex trotted after them, tail waving, as the king and his butler left the room. <laughs>